When planning for retirement, it seems everybody has advice for you, from coworkers to distant family members. We're only trying to help, they say. But are they? On today's show, we'll highlight several bogus pieces of advice that you should avoid. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Jones. Welcome to your retirement. Chuck Caton here along with our full studio of dual financial strategies. And we're talking about Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And remember, it's all about your retirement here in the Fox Valley. And uh, we always implore you to uh, get that no-cost, no-obligation retirement uh, lifestyle review from the fine people who are fiduciaries at your best interest in mind. And Sam, uh, I think planning for retirement is a far better move than just winging it. Uh, we don't want people to be do-it-yourselfers here because it's so important. But in the course of planning, uh, people might come across pieces of advice that could up uh, misleading people and maybe leading you seriously uh, astray. So I know that you and uh, Andy and Luke want to uh, abolish such myths and uh, avoid these myths at all costs. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, as we say, wives and husbands tales here when it comes to uh, planning. And I think a lot of people are under the misconception that you can live on Social Security alone if you want to make the uh, uh, commensurate lifestyle changes. But that's not necessarily so, is it? Yeah, I'll tell you, Chuck, I don't know if I've ever seen an industry where there are so many myths and misdirections and just, uh, you know, outright things that are wrong <laughs> that get talked about in retirement planning. <clears throat> Social Security is certainly one of them. Now, most retirees are going to need to replace about 70 to 80 percent of their pre-retirement income to live comfortably. There's some of you that you might be able to replace 60 percent of it. There's probably some wiggle room in there and you may do just fine at that. But even if you're willing to adopt more frugal habits in retirement, like cooking instead of dining out, that may not be enough to compensate for such a steep drop in income. So even if you don't have a lot of money to contribute to an IRA or a 401k, make an effort to sock some amount away on a regular basis so you're not overly reliant on Social Security once retirement begins. Because I've never seen in 21 years of planning more than maybe five people that have lived comfortably just on Social Security. Yeah, it's true. And Andy, what about Social Security here? Because people are fearing that it uh, may go away at some point. Uh, true or not true? Oh, you hear it all, right? Social Security is dying, so you might as well claim your benefits as early as possible. You may have heard that, and Social Security is rapidly running out of money as the only way to get your piece of the program is to claim early. But that's pretty far from the truth. Social Security is indeed facing some income shortfall, but once its trust fund runs dry, which may happen over the next decade, it may not have enough incoming revenue to keep up with scheduled benefits. But that's a very big if. Lawmakers are invested in keeping Social Security benefits intact. And Sam always says there's no politician out there that is has the stomach and the spinal fortitude um, to let Social Security run dry because everybody would be, you know, down that benefit and that wouldn't work. So I, I think that they will do everything they can to avoid something like that. It could change the payment structure in the future. But again, that's an if. And so we'll see what happens. Um, and all the more reason to, to have a plan for yourself so that you are 
not necessarily just dependent on Social Security. I suppose that's a pension plan that'll never go away. We won't have to worry about it like the Enrons or the GMs or the, that type of thing, that's for sure. We're talking myths here uh, with the fine folks at Dual Financial uh, Strategies, myths in retirement. And we've all, Luke, uh, heard about the 4% rule uh, where you're safe to withdraw that 4% of your savings every year, but is uh, that necessarily so? Well, ideally, you go into retirement with a healthy amount of money in your IRAs, your 401ks, hopefully some Roth IRAs. Um, and it used to be that financial advisors, the financial service industry would support a 4% annual withdrawal rate. But that advice isn't so great today. Uh, first of all, you know, there's no real one size fits all approach to retirement. Secondly, the uh, the man that developed the four percent rule has already retracted some of that and and stated that you know ah uh, maybe not so because you know bond yields are lower now than they were years ago. So you can't go out and get a safe guaranteed rate of return. Um, and also we're seeing Americans live much longer these days. So the, that savings needs to last much longer where you may have been, you know, 15 or 20 years. Now it's 25 or 30 years. So those are all things that are playing into the 4% rule. Maybe not be what it used to be. Yeah, we're talking about myths here in retirement. Don't get caught uh, shorthanded, uh, so to speak, with them. And uh, you won't if you deal with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. 866-203-7486 is the number. They'll give you that no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your retirement planning uh, with a retirement lifestyle review. All right, so, Sam, let's uh, burst another, another myth, and that is if you relocate to a cheap part of the country, uh, it'll make up for an absence of a large nest egg or a nest egg that uh, you hope won't uh, force you to run out of money it's not necessarily slow uh, prices are going up everywhere aren't they yeah that's that's one that it's an absolute myth uh, you know here's a deal if you want to relocate in retirement because you simply you want to go somewhere where it's warmer in the winter you want a different locale whatever the case might be don't hesitate to do that whether you've got lots of money saved or whether you don't have lots of money saved but if you are going to relocate somewhere else because you think it's going to be this massive savings uh you're kidding yourself it's not going to be uh, you have to put everything in its relative context I, I have this conversation the most chuck with people as regards to taxes hey we're gonna move to you know texas or whatever because there's no state income tax well that's true there's not however if you're making let's say you're making $50,000 in the state of Wisconsin. Most all of you are paying about 5% in state tax. So if you figure that out, you're paying about $2,500 a year in state taxes. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell me that you're going to move somewhere where there's no state tax and all of a sudden your lifestyle is going to change because your lifestyle is not going to change over 200 bucks a month. And you go to a different state like that where there's no state income tax, there's almost always some sort of taxation that's different on vehicles or whatever. It's a myth to think that you're going to have some sort of a wonderful massive tax savings by going somewhere else. Yeah, we're trying to burst some of these myths here uh, on this particular program uh, on your retirement. And uh, I guess, Andy, uh, some people say you shouldn't own any stocks as a retiree. You should just, when the day you quit is the day you should sell everything if you got stocks and you should never buy again. Well, I think you should always be cautious when somebody says you should never or you shouldn't own or something like that. There is a time and a place and a reason for most every tool. Um there is a place for owning some stocks. I mean, I know people come to the table and they've got essentially stocks that they've owned for a very long time. Those would be considered legacy stocks, not something you're planning on getting rid of. There's also a time and a place for keeping 
portions of your money invested in such a way that that you feel comfortable with the risks that you're taking. I don't necessarily always say the stocks are the best. There are other tools out there that may be a better tool for you to own. But from a standpoint of, you know, you still need to be making money on your accounts and it still needs to fall within the parameters of what your requirements are essentially. How much does it cost you to live? How much pull are you drawing off of your accounts and therefore how much income gap do you have? So it's not that you shouldn't own stocks, but I think you need to do it in such a way that makes sense to go along with the rest of your portfolio, that you're using different asset classes so not all of your eggs are in one basket. So again, it just comes down to the table of, you know, it's not everything. You don't want to do just one thing with your accounts. You want to make sure that you are highly diversified across different asset classes so that you don't find yourself in a position where if the market moves off, because it will, um, then you're not going to take a bath on all of that stuff. Yeah, lots of misconceptions about retirement as you approach and you're told different things by different people, but you're going to get the straight story from the folks at Dual Financial Strategies, that's for sure, at 866-203-7486. Make that no-cost, no-obligation call right now to uh, get an appointment because, Luke, uh, people may say that uh, your expenses will drop dramatically uh, when you stop working, but uh, I, that doesn't figure when you've got more time to spend money. That's true, Chuck. I mean, seniors are often told that they're magically going to spend much less in retirement. But the reality is um, you've got a lot more time, like you're talking about. And sure, maybe your commute expenses go down. Um, you know, the amount of gas that you're putting in your vehicle goes down. But instead, you're going to be spending more time at home. So there's additional costs for energy and utility bills at home. You're going to have more hobby and entertainment things to budget and healthcare. I mean, that's a huge part of people's retirement um, where the cost of healthcare is going to increase. So you've got to factor those things in. And in reality, um, you know, and Sam was talking about this earlier. I don't know how many of you are going into retirement and are just looking forward to taking a 40 or 50% pay cut just for the sake of taking a 40 or 50% pay cut. So Not so many. Not so many. No. I mean, the vast majority of people that we sit with going into retirement, they want to kind of maintain that lifestyle. And sure, if you're making significant contributions to retirement accounts, there'll be some reduction. Maybe some debts will go away. But don't just automatically assume you're going to live on a fraction of what you were before. Absolutely. So in substance and in summation, Sam, uh, we're telling people not to be misled. For sure, Chuck. I mean, look, there's a lot of people that are eager to dish out retirement advice to you. I mean, there's more there's more people that want to dish out retirement advice to you than a dog has fleas. But it's important to differentiate between advice that's good and advice that's dangerous. And it's also uh, really important to differentiate between advice and a sales pitch. So I want to get you a copy of my book, Purpose Determines Placement. That's going to be a wonderful tool in having you avoid being misled. We want to talk to you about where you're at, what you're doing, how you're going to go from point A to point B, and just get you pointed in the right direction. That way you've got real advice with real substance behind it by real people who've done this for more than two decades that have focused entirely upon the subject that you need to know about right now. And regardless of what direction you end up going, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer, whether you want to stay where you're at, or whether you want to begin a transition to us, 
we can get you pointed in the right direction. All it takes is a phone call. Chuck, tell them how to get a hold of us, Absolutely. And the way to do it, Sam, is to uh, give a call at 866-203-7486. You'll get that book that Sam's talking about that he penned, The Purpose Determines Placement, 866-203-7486. And remember, it's always at no cost, no obligation. Uh, You will sit down and have a wonderful conversation with either Sam or Andy or Luke uh, with their over score of years of experience in this realm and get your uh, retirement lifestyle review. Once again, anywhere in the Fox Valley, uh, 866-203-7486. Make that phone call right now so you can make that appointment. Sam, I've got some depressing news for the men in our uh, audience. I know you do too. It's all about life and uh, the number of years you're going to be on the earth, I guess. Yep, and you're not going to be around as long as women are going to be. (laughs) So women generally live longer than men. And women's relationship with money has certainly evolved over the years, but it could still be better. So when we get back, we're going to take a look at some differences between men and women when it comes to retirement planning. This is your retirement, Chuck Caton with you, along with uh, the fantastic folks at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. This is your retirement. We're on every single week with Sam Duell, with Andy Schooler, with Luke Manabel. On average, we say that women live five years longer than men. As women live longer, they uh, will need to fund a retirement that stretches across more than 30 years. That is statistically sound. Uh, that is a fact. So let's talk about this survey here, uh, Sam, because uh, I want to live as long as I can. I want to prepare for my retirement, and uh, certainly with all due respect to my wife, but uh, what's the survey say when it comes to uh, the actuarial actualities of uh, age? Well, it's it's really interesting when we look at the typical household, and we're talking about a, a you know, a, a man and a, and, a, and a wife household. There was a survey by the Wealth Management the Wealth Management Division of UBS. And it found that 85% of women manage the everyday expenses in the household. But only 23% of them take the lead when it comes to long-term financial planning. And I can tell you, we've seen that for decades now. Mm -hmm. When people come in, the woman almost invariably will handle the day-to-day things, but she has little to no interest in the long-term pieces of it. The husband has always handled that. But there are four key things, ladies, that you need to know when it comes to making decisions about money, because these are so vital given the data, given the knowledge that we have about who is ultimately going to have to take care of these long-term plans. So let's break them down one at a time. All right, we're going to start, Andy, with a a very uh, common sense thing about longer life expectancy, meaning an extended retirement. We know that because uh, especially if you retire a little earlier, say it's 62 as opposed to 65 or 70. Uh, Let's talk about that longer life expectancy and what you must prepare for uh, with that extended retirement time. Well, it's true. On average, women live five years longer than men, but a longer life can certainly mean more financial complexity. And as we live longer, we may need to fund retirement that stretches across more than 30 years. And yet, even though we are more likely to save, women tend to fall behind in retirement savings because mm, we're not as apt to invest or take risks. We've also spent generally less time working due to raising families um, and probably in our 
getting closer to retirement years, taking care of aging parents. So there's a number of reasons why women generally have less money in retirement accounts. And I think we get a little bit detached from the big accounts that generally the husbands have because they spend more time in those jobs and have um, been siphoning more money off into the 401k. So we get a little bit disconnected from that as we are handling the day-to-day. So it's important that we um, certainly look at that and have some understanding of how we're going to solve some of those issues. So ladies, if you're listening, you hear Andy's talking about it right now. She's in the financial world, 866-203-7486. She's got great advice for you when it comes to this uh, for that no cost, no obligation review of your situation. So if you are in a situation where you have had uh, your husband or significant other pass away and you want to know what to do and get that uh, uh, advice, there's Andy for you at Dual Financial Strategies who can help you and can relate. And Luke, when we talk about women who uh, do invest, uh, they tend to avoid risk and miss growth opportunities. Now, we're not making this as a generalization or a specific. It is a generalization because sometimes if uh, the husband uh, makes all those investment decisions, um, the wife might be in the dark about it and uh, may uh, not realize that they're missing these opportunities for growth and retirement. Right. I mean, I think Sam would attest and we would attest on a daily basis that when we sit down with couples, by and large, um, the men are more likely to invest. The men are more likely to take more risk. Um, But on the flip side, you ladies, you're more likely to have the cash emergency fund on the side uh, for the future. And however, the, the emergency funds are often too large. We're seeing these stagnant funds just sort of build and build and they're sitting there in the bank not really doing much um i think it's a lot of it's about control and trying to control the things that you know we can control because we can't control the stock market um but the interesting thing chuck is that once women do go into investing um they tend to outperform men from a return standpoint and one of the key reasons that they outperform um is that they they tend to have a, a specific goal in mind. Um, and another reason is that men are often overconfident about our decisions and we tend to take on a lot more risk um, where it may not be needed. And women tend to do their due diligence and research and take the time to make the right investment choices. So, you know, what do you do? Um, I think working with a financial advisor to develop a a financial plan can certainly help um, establish both short and long term investing goals Um, at the outset of this provides women the opportunity to see kind of the the bigger picture of what they can achieve um, outside of just the day-to-day, especially with the environment that we're in today. And by doing so, um, they make smarter, more intelligent and financial um, investment decisions that can keep them on track for the long term. So this can help single women. This can help even if you're married, having a plan for your future when we talk about longevity means that your wife is planned and prepared once you are ultimately gone if you do still make most of the financial decisions for retirement. Absolutely. And I guess we can even correlate this to, to making a trip to Las Vegas there, Sam. I'll take my wife with me because she'll be prudent. She'll say, get away from that table after you've made, uh, won your 100 or 200 bucks. Almost the same man. Let's sock it away for retirement. 866-203-7486 is the number. Uh, if something's resonating with you about this, make that phone call to Dual Financial Strategies because we're talking about uh, uh, how women can get more involved 
involved in their uh, financial and their retirement planning. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, Sam, and uh, you can talk about this uh, from your experience as well, uh, when you've dealt with a lot of uh, ladies who... Uh, basically with their motherly instincts, will put loved ones first before uh, themselves when it comes to uh, what to do with their retirement money. I know my wife's the same way. She's already talking about financing our grandkids' uh, college educations with uh, some of our uh, retirement resources. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, it's just, you know, what what's the book, uh, Andy? Uh, Men are from Mars and women are from Venus, I think. Is that that's that the name? just one book. That's just one. Yes, that's <laughs> There's just one probably book many she could tell There's you many about. There's many books. Yes, it's just, it's just a basic uh, empathetic and psychological difference between men and women. You know, women tend to be more empathetic. They tend to be more caring, um, where men tend to be more linear. They tend to be more black and white. I mean, I know that... <clears throat> uh, it's it's that way with Andy and I. It's you know that's that's just the way we are. She's the you know she's the warm and fuzzy uh, portion of the relationship, and I'm kind of the more the black and white part of the relationship. And I mean, guys, you know this gets you in trouble from time to time because your significant other just wants to talk about something, and all of a sudden you want to provide a solution. And I have learned over a few years here that it's best just shut up and don't say anything. <laughs> but that is true. But the thing that, that women have to focus on uh, in this area is that you probably do need someone in your corner when it comes to these long-term financial decisions and especially retirement planning that is more black and white that can at least – um, be a sounding board for you when you're doing those types of things uh, because there, there are situations here where we really have to think of ourselves first. You have to think of yourself first. Um, you, can't, you, you can't put yourself at the detriment of funding someone else. Absolutely. And I guess you could speak to this, Andy, that uh, women need to find an advisor they can trust because it is about these relationships that uh, mean so much. Uh, they don't uh, want to be taken to the cleaners uh, with some uh, financial double talk. Well, an excellent point. From a standpoint, of, we see it all the time. And I think the biggest example that I see is understanding that you know, yes, we are financial advisors, and there is a huge component of that that is just psychology. And so when we talk about being a fit for you and, and you a fit for us, um, ladies specifically, find someone that doesn't talk to you, talk over your head, use big words. Find someone that just has a conversation with you that you feel comfortable with that isn't trying to just sell you something and get you out of their office. We hear that often, that when you come in, um, on more than one occasion, we've had people that are in tears because they are happy to have someone that they finally feel like is really taking care of them and making sure that they have what they need or um, helping them make some tough phone calls that they weren't prepared to make on their own because of sort of intimidation. Uh, and so I think the the really big takeaway is, you know, make sure that you're working with someone that you feel very comfortable with, that again, isn't just out to try and sell you something. If there's brochures, if there's packets, like it's a sales pitch. And so just, just be aware of that and find someone. And if you're, you're married, make sure that you and your husband both agree on the same person that you get to be included in that discussion to whatever degree you want to. Absolutely. So Luke, very quickly, what's the bottom line? Yeah, I think Andy was just talking about it. It's, it's ensuring that you ladies are comfortable with the person that you're working with, because ultimately you're probably going to become the sole financial decision maker at some point down the road when it comes to retirement. So 
to to help ensure women can comfortably navigate both the short and the long term financial goals, um, you know, don't hesitate to reach out um, to continue to to save and invest for your future. And also don't sit on the sidelines. We talked about that earlier. Um, there's many tools, many ways that you can get educated, reach out, and uh, we'd be happy to talk about the different avenues that are available to you. Absolutely. And Sam, uh, what do we mean by that? We'd like to see you come in and just visit with us. You know, let's sit down for you know 45 minutes or an hour. We've got office in Green Bay. We've got an office in Appleton. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. You hear us on the radio every week. You see us on television. You attend our in-person events. Um, and we find that so often you're still hesitant about it. Uh, and we just want you to be comfortable. We want to get all of the resources that we can into your hands so that you can make these decisions in an intelligent manner uh, and that you can make these decisions in a comfortable manner. And that just involves giving us a call, making an appointment with Rick, setting down, we'll get you a copy of our book, and let's just see where you're at. We'll meet you at your point in time and just get you headed in the right direction. All right, so the way to do that very simply in that book, by the way, is Purpose Determines Placement that, that Sam wrote. He'll get that retirement lifestyle review. No cost, no obligation to just sit down and talk about your retirement because that's what we're speaking of. 866-203-7486 is that number, 866 7486. Dual Financial Strategies is at your service. Anywhere from Apple to the Green Bay, anywhere in the Fox Valley, once again, it's 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Sit down with either Sam or Andy or Luke, and they will uh, help you to and through retirement with the planning that you're looking for. What are we going to do when we come back, Sam? Well, when we come back, we're going to highlight several mistakes that some retirees make, and we'll tell you how to potentially avoid them. This is your retirement. Chuck Caton with you, along with uh, the fantastic folks at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. This is your retirement. We're on every single week with Sam Duell, with Andy Schooler, with Luke Manobel. And uh, we know that uh, in my experience of uh, doing National Hockey League games for uh, over three decades, almost four decades, uh, hockey's a game of mistakes. But we don't want to make mistakes in retirement planning, that's for sure. And uh, with the right plan, many retirees uh, will have very few problems. But it uh, turns out that not every retiree, and that may include some of you out there, that has the right plan, or worse, you may not have a plan at all. And this is what we're talking about each and every week, and that's why we want you to come in and uh, visit with the folks at Dual Financial Strategies because uh, we're going to highlight uh, the mistakes that some are making that can really harm their retirement. And, Sam, I, I'm sure you, you and Andy and, and Luke see this every day, that failing to cut back on spending in the teeth of inflation could be problematic and probably will be problematic in 2022. Yeah, it, it could be, Chuck. And it's one of those things where you just have to be realistic about what it costs you to do something in relation to how much you can afford to spend. Um, you know, right now we know that, uh, for instance, if you if you were to go, go south for the winter, it's going to cost you more. I mean, rental rates are up, fuel is up, airline tickets are up, everything is up in price. So you're not going to spend three weeks, a month, three months, 
down south for the same price that you've done it for previously. It's going to cost you probably somewhere 30 to 40% more than it has before. So when these things are facing you, you have to make a realistic decision about, can I afford this? Or do I need to defer doing this for another year? Um, I have people that are coming in to me right now and talking about, oh, we want to, we want to sell our house and we want to build a new one. I couldn't, in my imagination, imagine a worse time for you to be going in and thinking about building a new house than right now. Everything in the world is against you. Well, I'll get so much more for my house. Yeah, but you're going to pay so much more to get the house built. So think about these things in the reality of today and don't let these emotions and dreams overrun your full retirement. Absolutely. Uh, do you have an open checkbook would be my first question that oh, somebody sure. would want to do that. because uh, Or did you hit the lottery, uh, Wisconsin or Powerball or uh, Mega Millions? That's uh, the key. All right, uh, we're talking about mistakes, and we don't want people to make those mistakes. So this is why we are discussing this in retirement, Andy. And, uh, I guess not taking into account the effect of a down or a volatile market. And boy, have we seen volatility in the market. So, uh, again, uh, you can't be blind to that. No, you can't. And it really depends where you're at. You know, we do a, um, in the classes that Sam and Luke do, we often have a slide in there that talks about what's called sequence of returns. And ultimately, you know, the example uses two separate couples showing just the difference of have, starting with the exact same dollar amount and and whether you have negative performance in the beginning or positive performance in the first few years, say five years of your accounts, can make all the difference in the world, particularly if you're already drawing off of those funds. So now you have, you're drawing to cover an income gap and then you have a down you know, spiral in the market. And now you have so much less money to make money for you that that can be a huge problem. So it's very important that we use different asset classes to look at some of the ways in which to offset the possible just straight down losses, particularly if you're taking income draws off that account as well. Absolutely. That is a key uh, to not making mistakes there. And uh, again, it's very simple, Luke. I mean, we, we talk about this uh, from time to time. What's the easiest way to make sure you're going to have, or one of the uh, helping ways uh, that you're not going to run out of money in retirement, and that is save. Don't make the mistake of not saving for a long enough retirement. Now, we don't know how many years we're going to have to cover, but uh, you can cover yourself very nicely with one of those buckets being in savings. Absolutely. And we know that the probability of an increased life expectancy um, is growing. We're living longer. Um, so workers may need to plan uh, for living 30 plus years, which means you have to continue to invest for growth and have a balanced approach with this because, you know, on one hand, we've got the inflation like Sam's talking about. On the other hand, Andy's talking about volatility in the market. So we need to be smart about how we structure and position the investments today. Um, because if you think about retirement in terms of being voluntarily unemployed and look at it that way, this is a 25 to 30 year voluntary, voluntarily unemployed scenario. And you don't want to fall into the trap of assuming that, you know, uh, that there's going to be a short term life expectancy uh, playing in your favor. So plan to be conservative and the good will take care of itself as the markets do what they're going to do. We're talking about uh, not making mistakes. And this is what we are uh, stressing here uh, with uh, your retirement, with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, got questions about anything we're talking about? Well, give them a call. 8 
866-203-7486. That's the number to make a no-cost, no-obligation appointment to discuss all of these things so you don't make mistakes in retirement. Uh, 866-203-7486. What about some of these other mistakes, Sam? Like having an unrealistic plan about your retirement age. Some people say, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 55 or 58 years old and I want to retire at 62. I'm going to be able to do that. That's what I want to do. Or maybe I want to work till 65 or 70. Well, you better have a plan for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the difference between what you want to do and what you can do are, you know, two totally different things. So I want to be a professional golfer, but unfortunately, my talent restricts my ability to be able to do that. <laughs> you too, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not having any illusions about my ability to do that. But, you know, I say that in jest, but I see the almost exact same scenario sometimes with people working. I mean, I get it. You're tired. I mean, I know you're tired of working the shifts. I know, I know, I know, I know. I've heard this for 20 years, but some of you need to take a deep breath you are not financially capable of retiring right now you just have to look at it realistically chuck that's the hardest part of our job when people come in sometimes they want us to tell them what they want to hear mm -hmm. and it's not our job to tell you what you want to hear right. it's our job to tell you the reality now we can tell you when you come and visit with us in a retirement lifestyle review if we feel like you're in a position to retire and at what point you can but don't get dead set on this age thing don't get dead set on this this finish line thing because if you're unrealistic about it you'll never make it and here's the other thing don't get all you know all twitter pated and excited about the amount of money you've had saved i've, I've i have so many people that come in and say i always wanted to just get to a million dollars I just wanted to get my accounts to a million dollars. And the question is, what difference does a million dollars make? Because here's the deal. A million dollars in an IRA isn't a million dollars. Nope. It's $750,000 at best and probably less than that because you've already bequeathed the federal government at least 20, 12 to 22% of that. You've bequeathed the state of Wisconsin 5 to 6% of it. You have to be realistic about these things, which is why you have to talk with us so that we can be the non-biased, non-emotional part of this conversation to say, yes, but. Absolutely. And Andy, what about claiming Social Security benefits too soon? Well, again, I think this goes back to what we were discussing earlier, that there's so much fear out there. And remember, I think people have used fear for a long time to try and sell you things, right? So come in and get this Social Security information so that ultimately they're trying to sell you something. But the bottom line is you really need to look at the difference. I'm. Do you know where you can find an 8% increase that's essentially guaranteed every year on your accounts? No, I'm, I'm waiting. But the ultimate reality is Social Security is an 8% uptick every year that you don't touch it. So that's free money, basically. And, and so I would very much make an argument that unless you have significant health impacts or health concerns that will probably result in your life ending sooner, I would try not to touch your Social Security for as long as possible. And if there's a way just to turn on, if you're married, the the wife's Social Security and let the husband's Social Security continue to grow and gain as long as possible, especially because women do tend to live longer and will end up with one Social Security, whichever one is the largest, then it behooves of you to probably consider waiting as long as possible on your Social Security benefits to get up to at least full retirement age benefits um, and then turn it on. And um, that will impact 
impact everyone in your family for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, it will. So if you don't plan, Luke, on uh, alternative income, say you wait, uh, you delay your Social Security benefits, don't make the mistake of not having enough money in the interim. Right. Yeah. If you're waiting to take Social Security until 70, maximizing that benefit that Andy was just talking about. The other issue here is people aren't taking this one step further further to think about where's that income going to come from, from whenever they retire to age 70. And what impact will that have on your tax scenario? Because this is this is a huge area that uh, people don't really understand going into retirement is the amount of taxes that they're going to pay, um, the impact of drawing money out of these accounts, in most cases that have never been taxed, as Sam was just talking about, that million dollar asset um, isn't a million dollars to you. Um, and also the other alternative side of delaying Social Security is to consider the impact on legacy. And each family is going to be different on this. Um, so while from a financial standpoint, delaying that Social Security is great, if you do have different plans um, for passing a certain amount of money on to your heirs or to a charity, keep in mind that the Social Security doesn't pass on, but your other assets do. So these are all things that you have to consider um, when you're making these decisions. All right. So uh, what can you do to help our listeners? Well, educate, Chuck. I mean, we are so big on education here. It's like, that's why we do radio. That's why we do television. That's why we spend time in the evenings educating you at local university settings. You need to be educated. You are being constantly sold and pitched. This this business, unfortunately, has, has dissolved into a salesman's paradise, and you are just getting hammered with this stuff. You need to take a step back, and you need to just absorb an education. That's why I wrote the book, Purpose Determines Placement. That's why we spend untold hours meeting with you, educating you to find out, are you really ready? Can you really do it? Or do I need to look at some alternative things going forward? And I find in every meeting that we do, myself, Andy, and Luke, every one of us always comes out of a meeting where you had questions or you were thinking about a myth that someone had told you that we were able to help you with. Make the call, get the education, and that way an informed consumer is a good consumer. Absolutely. And the way you can reach Sam, Andy, or Luke is at uh, 866-203-7486. That's 866 866-203- 0373486 no cost no obligation get that retirement lifestyle review give them a call right now at dual financial strategies 8662037486 question and answer time now sam right it is question and answer time chuck and when we come back you've sent us some questions and we're going to try to give you some answers that and more right after this back on your retirement thanks for listening every single week anywhere you are in the fox valley uh two dual financial strategies and sam Duell and andy schooler luke van abel at your uh, service i'm chuck caton and we have questions to be answered but before we do we'll remind you of that phone number once again pick up that phone and get your retirement lifestyle review if you're uh, approaching retirement or maybe you want a second opinion uh, you're in retirement uh, the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies can help you, and it's 866-203-7486. Sam, we're all set to go. Uh, you are as well as, uh, as Andy and Luke to answer some questions. Yeah, for sure. All yeah. right, so this first question comes from uh, Marge in Appleton, Sam. 
Uh, do you pay a higher amount in taxes on a post-tax Roth IRA or a pre-tax 401k? Because it's my understanding uh, that uh, with a 401k, you'd need to pay taxes on a much higher total, uh, given the compounding interest over time, uh, versus a much smaller amount in a Roth IRA. Kind of confused there, I am, on that question, but uh, well, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> no, it's Marge, actually, you, you make a great point here. And it's, unfortunately, this is not a question that has a definitive answer. And the reason why it doesn't have a definitive answer is because we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. But it, to try to deconstruct this a little bit, if you put money into a Roth IRA today, you have already paid taxes on that money. That's why it's called post-tax. So we know how much you paid in taxes. Let's say that you're in a let's say you're in a 22% tax bracket and you put that money into that Roth IRA. All right. If you put money into the 401k, that's pre-tax. That means that the money that you put into it was not taxed, but it will be taxed as well as the growth at some point in the future as ordinary income. So yes, you could theoretically pay more in taxes on the future distributions from a 401k because you are going to be paying it on a much higher total. The other thing is we don't know what tax bracket you would be in when you take the money out of that 401k. So yes, that could be a double whammy because of compounding interest and because of the unknown. However, I do need to flip this to the other side to be realistic and fair. If you are a high income earner today and you let's say you're in that 24 32 percent bracket let's say you're up there in a pretty healthy tax bracket but you believe when you retire you're going to be in a lower tax bracket you're going to be having less income coming in than you are now then you need to think about it did it really make sense to put money into that Roth IRA did it make sense to pay taxes at 32 percent only to turn around and take them back out again at 22 so be cognizant of it, be aware of it. This is where a conversation with a really good advisor that knows and understands it, uh, taxes and knows and understands the implication of them could be very, very beneficial for you, Marge. Absolutely. And that uh, advisor should be? Well, we we are not, you know, we don't do tax returns. We don't profess to be tax experts. We don't give tax advice here. But I will tell you that um, we study this topic. We talk to people about this topic. And uh, I believe we can give you uh, the right direction, at least, on what you need to be thinking about as far as taxes. Because a lot of times, Chuck, taxes are just common sense. Yeah. But because we have this visceral hatred <laughs> for paying taxes, sometimes we allow that hatred to, uh, to cloud our judgment. And we don't think it all the way through to say, look, at the end of the day, all that matters is that you have a legitimate chance to be better on uh, with one outcome than you are with the other. We're going to pay taxes one way or another. Pay me now or pay me later. Yeah, I mean, Uncle yeah. Sam's going to get his share. But the key here is to make it so that they get as little as possible while you meet your obligation. But as I often say, Chuck, never allow your political bias to cloud or influence your investment decisions. Never allow your tax bias to cloud or influence your investment decisions because you may be allowing emotion to override reality. Absolutely. And again, if you need that uh pep talk once again so to speak it's 866-203-7486 and you'll get uh, uh, the right advice uh, right there uh, from uh, sam or andy or luke with all the experience they've had they'll steer you as they say uh, in the right direction let's go to uh, jen and nina and uh, luke uh, jen wants to know if you could take 
uh, the income from a qualified annuity and transfer it to another qualified annuity. We've taken uh, the free withdrawal amount from the qualified annuity to another, but not the income. Great question, Jen. There's a few things that I don't know here, like your age and your employment scenario. So I'm going to speak just kind of generally, educate you and our other listeners out there. First of all, qualified annuity, when you say that, this is uh, typically like a 401k or an IRA. So where Sam was talking about that pre-tax money that's never been taxed, that's the type of money here. And income um, coming out of a qualified plan is a distribution. So that's money that is going over the tax threshold. So you're paying money on that. uh, You're paying taxes on that distribution. So transferring that income or that distribution directly into another qualified plan isn't possible without paying taxes. And the reason I talked earlier about not understanding your employment scenario is um, depending on your age and whether you're working or a husband's working, if you're married, uh, would determine whether you're eligible to make a new contribution to a qualified retirement plan because you have to have earned income in order to do that. Um, And then, of course, limits apply. So if you're taking out more than $7,000 from one annuity and making a contribution somewhere else, you're limited once you go over age 50 to $7,000 a person um, where you're talking about exchanging and not paying taxes. There is a rule that allows you to kind of move that money, slide that money from one pocket to the other pocket through a rule called the 1035 exchange, where you can take a lump sum value from one and reposition it in another one without paying taxes. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind, if, if this is maybe new information and you're not realizing that, hey, maybe this isn't possible because of your working condition, there are other accounts that that income can be contributed to that aren't qualified, but also don't have limits. So we'd be happy to help answer more questions and help get you steered in the right direction on that. All right, let's go, uh, Andy, to our final inquisitor, and it's Ron in Oshkosh who uh, says, I was advised to consolidate as many of my retirement accounts as possible. I've got seven accounts, including a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, several 403B accounts. Uh, I was told that it was good to have uh, 403B accounts because they have protections that the other accounts don't have, uh, such as from creditors and lawsuits. I can't move any money into a 403B account because they are from old employers, but uh, I can move the money into other accounts. Now, uh, should I hold on to these accounts or should I consolidate them? Good question, Ron. Um, Seven accounts is a lot to keep track of. Just just to start that off. Um, The second part of that is each one, especially if you are no longer with that employer, has has only what that company allows you to invest in. So you're very limited in the world of investing to what that company plan allows you to do. So now you have multiples of those going on and it's very hard for you to be able to say, okay, yeah, I can come up with a plan that, you know, accounts for all these different company plans. And yet from my perspective, just from an ease perspective, if I was in your shoes, I would be much more apt to consolidate those accounts. And that way you have control of what your accounts are doing, where they're going, what you can invest in. Um, as far as, you know, legalities and, and whatnot, um, I, there isn't anything per se that I would, that I know of that would 
give that an advantage being in a 403B that you wouldn't have in any other account that was a qualified money. So well, they talk about like protection from creditors and things like yeah. that. It's like that tends to be universal across the board Correct. in a qualified. I, I think where people get confused, Andy, is that there's all of these different numbers and and acronyms right. it's like at the end of the day 457 yeah blah, blah, i mean blah. money's either qualified or it's not right and hasn't it's been taxed or, it's, yeah, or it has if it's qualified it just means that it, it qualifies for some sort of special tax consideration if it's non-qualified that just means it it doesn't right. so but all of these numbers and letters 401k IRA, 403B, 457, at the end TSP. of the day, yeah. for most consumers, they are exactly the same thing. Right. So just consolidating those and making your life easier makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Simplify, simplify, simplify. And that's what uh, your advice is, Sam, for people to simply give you a call. Simply give us a call and make it simple. You know, that's one of the things is that we see things get so overly complicated in this world it's like there gets to be so many moving parts like ron with seven different accounts and then you get all of these we we see this as well where people will come in and they'll say oh i you know i'm going to use like three financial advisors because i don't want all of my eggs in one basket friends i don't know how to break this to you gently but there are only so many things that you can do on this planet as far as investing and saving is concerned and nobody nobody that you talk to has access to something that somebody else doesn't. If people are fully registered fiduciary fee-based advisors that are also insurance licensed, there's not somebody that has a magic bean. There's not somebody that's got some sort of a proprietary secret thing that nobody else has. So spreading out among three different advisors means this you got three different people to deal with and you've just tripled the amount of accounts that you're going to have. So consolidating is good. Find someone you trust. Find somebody you feel comfortable with. Find somebody that speaks your language and develop a plan and then stick with that plan. We also see that happen as well, Chuck, where people will go flitting off and they do a plan for two or three years and then they go do something else. You also find that you've probably never been ultimately successful long-term because you just can't stick with something. Absolutely. If you want to stick with it, give us a call. All right, and again, you'll develop that rapport with the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies, whether it's Sam or Andy or Luke. Uh, just give them a call right now. Feel them out about this, and uh, you'll feel comfortable, I'm sure. 866-203-7486 is the number. And when you come in, remember, uh, they want to get to know you as much as you want to get to know them. And Sam will also grace you with a copy of his book, Purpose Determines Placements, a very educational piece uh, as part of your retirement lifestyle review that they want to do for you. Uh, give them the opportunity to talk at no cost, no obligation at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And again, give them a call right now because it is your retirement individual to you sam it's been a great show uh, what's your final thought hey we're so honored that you took an hour out of your life to spend with us today we hope you got some value out of it and we'll be back here again same place same time next week Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor.
Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.